0: Hey, thanks for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to hear more and help support the show, you can head to patreoncom brightness or find links to all our socials at zerobrightness.com. I'm rolling 1. Rolling 2. All right. Yeah, I'm rolling urban assault vehicle personally. Sick. Okay, so last time on Zero Brightness, I was talking about all these throwback horror games and how I don't like them. (laughs) And now, Justin, you're here to help me talk about throwback horror games.
1: I didn't know you hated all of them, so I guess I'm here to be 10% more positive than you, maybe?
0: Uh, yeah yeah I think so I think that's kind of the vibe but
1: because we have to disagree it's not a good podcast if we disagree with each other right or something for
0: sure yeah and you should um you should call me like uh, something really bad somewhere in there too
1: oh you're letting me say a slur yeah you're, you're giving me the like honorary like here's one white boy coupon to say a slur God. signed person of color.
0: Every white person's dream. Absolutely not. I'll never. I'll never give the pass ever. What if
1: a baby was gonna die? Could I say
0: it then? Would it prevent the baby dying? Or are you just are you just <laughs> calling me a camel jockey while a baby falls out a window? God. <laughs> Eric
1: Clapton? Is that you?
0: <laughs> it is. It's me. A uh, famed <laughs> lover of slurs, Eric Clapton. And children. <laughs> oh, God, I hate Eric Clapton. I don't even feel bad that his baby died. I hate him so much. What
1: Damn. I mean,
0: okay.
1: Yo, look, I don't give a shit about Eric Clapton. I just the baby. That baby didn't ask
0: for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, fuck Eric Clapton. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway dude i said so we were before we started recording i was talking about how we should order the game so i don't come out the gate as a full hater and now i'm just like (laughs) hating so hard dude i am a Uh hater fuck it dude that's turn. Uh,
1: i'll try to bounce it out a little bit as
0: i do this episode though and the last one too it is kind of like touchy territory because a lot of these games are games that you like our audience enjoys and has some of the people have like dm'd me telling me to play these games and i yeah it's that's why it's touchy because like and so that's why i try to frame it as like listen y'all i love you you guys are great but like you have to understand that i just don't like this genre i don't like this style of game and i kind of like got into that in the last episode a lot and i think for me there's a bunch of issues but i think the big one is that just like from a design perspective it's hard to see the utility of like the creaky old mechanics that they're just importing into these new games like it feels gimmicky and it feels unnecessary and i feel like you justin like we were talking about that while you were playing one of these games i don't want to fully get into it yet but like i feel like it's it's not even that like hot of a take you know what i mean it's like okay, you want to make a game that references these older games, great, but, like, why did you have to actually put the ribbon save mechanic from Resident (laughs) Evil in here? Like, you just didn't need to do that,
1: you know? Design choices like that are fully, like, Reddit-pilled, I think. (laughs) Like, just the idea that, like, because it's exactly the same as something you used to like, that's why it's good, I guess. Right. Like, that's who those games are for. I don't... I feel like if you have a critical eye playing them in the year of our Lord 2022, like, it feels bad, but we'll get into that later, I'm sure. for
0: sure. And that's, like, I guess for me, I'm just trying to play, like, a good game that feels good to play. And I think uh, there's, like, a few distinctions that I want to draw, too, right? Like, one is that when you go back and you play these older games, those mechanics... They might be frustrating still, but they're not, like, annoying because you understand that, like, okay, this was based on limitations at the time. This is based on what was considered good design at the time. And the whole package is presented in a very authentic way, right? Like, it's like the difference between um, that actual 70s song Baby that's like by those creepy brothers who did that weird like vanity pop album and Ariel Pink's cover of that same song (laughs) like the original song is like super authentic and it's these creepy little brothers who like are just weirdos making this song that like accidentally is like this beautiful like perfect kind of like R&B pop song. And then Ariel Pink, you know, 30 years later, is just kind of coming in like, oh, look how funny and weird I am. I am a sex pest, you know, like, and it's like, oh. And also uh,
1: June 6th or July 6th or January. Which month was it? June, July
0: and January 6th. I mean, it's problematic all fucking year. (laughs) It's just like white people can't tell them apart. White people. Um, Yeah. So that I think there's a if you guys didn't get that music reference I've probably edited in some clips for you to check out but like I feel like you know one is an authentic expression it used things from a certain time because people actually were alive in that time and the other one is kind of like a hollow retread that's meant to appeal to people who like that aesthetic and it's just one of those things where it's like why the originals still exist. The originals are still there for you to enjoy, like I don't need the hollow retread. I don't need the Diet Coke version. We still have Mexican coke at home, you know, yeah,
1: and those those experiences are built around those mechanics, so like the save ribbon thing specifically, like you start with a couple, if I remember correctly, mhm, so you're not like you're not immediately forced into having to ration them right. Uh, I you know I don't remember what like the higher difficulties are like maybe there's some they play with that a little bit for those but those are those are often not the ideal experience those are for psychopaths
0: right well and I think the other thing too that people forget is that in those older games you can kind of drill down into game design and get really granular and see that there are some really good pieces of game design that are like tucked away underneath multiple mechanics. So, for example, in the Resident Evil series, almost every game in the series uh, presents your inventory as a puzzle. And, like, even in the original game, it's a very simplistic puzzle where it's like, okay, you have a, you know, six by... or you have a six square or eight square grid, right? And you have to keep a couple squares open so you can pick up items and you need to deposit whatever you're not using at item boxes if you fuck it up you'll have to go backtrack through really treacherous areas and avoid enemies so you can pick up those items and like that ends up being its own little puzzle and as the series goes on up till definitely four the puzzle just increases in depth and complexity so locking you know, saving behind this limited save system and then making that a part of the inventory puzzle is actually really smart design if you consider that inventory puzzle like an important and worthwhile piece of the game's design, which I do. When you play a game that doesn't have that elegant of a design to it, it's just the game being a dick to you and just being like, haha, you can't save whenever you want to, survival <laughs> horror. You know, <laughs> and that's uh, when man. I'm just like, "Man, fuck you."
1: <laughs> yeah, that was literally exactly when I was like, "Hey, fuck you.
0: Yeah, fuck you." Um but yeah, we'll get to that we'll get to that. But so that that's, I guess, like the quick version of my take on this genre and why a lot of it rubs me the wrong way. But in that last episode, I talked about games that I like that use, retro aesthetics and maybe present themselves as a throwback but aren't actually throwback horror and that is like one of my favorite genres in that episode i mentioned um lone survivor and i mentioned lost in vivo both of those games like present these sort of like 16 or 32 bit visual style and even some like simplistic gameplay styles from those eras but underneath it is this like very um complex very uh well-designed video game you know with a really amazing set of mechanics and to me that's when doing like retro style stuff in a game is useful and one you know i think one dev who's really really kind of mastered that style is david samansky he made dusk which we've talked about on the show. I mean, Dusk is amazing. It basically uses like a Quake looking and even feeling experience to present you with like a really crazy, like surreal horror game. Like it alternates between being Quake and being a surreal horror game. And, you know, before and after that game, he has been more known as a more traditional horror dev. And his latest game is called Iron Lung, which we both played. And uh, it's really, really cool. It's like a really, really unique game that once again uses that same aesthetic. Like you you know when you boot up a David Zemansky game that like it's just gonna be a PS one looking game. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. it's gonna be blocky and have the flat textures and it's gonna look rusty and greasy and all that shit. But like, Once again, just like those other games I mentioned, underneath, this one has a really, really unique set of mechanics that I've never seen in another video game.
1: It's also got a pretty neat setup that, unfortunately, you don't really get a lot of, I guess. Yeah. Because it's story-light, I guess. It's more of a vibe game. Yeah. So, I like reading the... The intro text, and I think there's kind of some of the stuff in the, like, mission, quote-unquote, blurb. Yeah. Uh, It was very, like, Paradise Killer-esque. Okay. In a way. Yeah. So I was immediately like, this is cool. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was let down by the end of it. Right. Because I thought maybe we'd get, like, a little piece of something. But, I, you know, I guess in the way that, like, a ton of, you know, like, itch horror games are, it's pretty short and you can't <laughs> can't do a whole lot in that time frame right so you kind of just have to like set a mood and it, like the opening text does pretty well set a mood and I think the sound design and the music and stuff is pretty pretty cohesive with all that stuff
0: yeah for sure
1: so it's super vibey it's it's, it's a little hard to play at first like you have to At least for me, I don't know, maybe I'm just like spatially challenged, but it took me about 10 minutes, I think, to kind of get my like grasp on how, like what you're even doing, really. Like I knew what to do, but I didn't know how to do it. So navigating that took a little bit. But then once I got it, I was like, okay, it's just a lot of sitting here and vibing.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely like an itch style game where you can basically beat it in an hour, uh and it's short and sweet and simple but it's super super unique uh it actually dude it probably took me like a half hour to figure out how to play it i'm not gonna lie i was so if you're spatially challenged i'm just like a straight up dumbass because like (laughs) i did not know what to do but so the premise of this game is that you are a prisoner in this kind of hellish world and you just get the flavor of this from the opening text right it's no no cutscenes, or nothing like that but you're a prisoner in this hellish world where they f- are finding these like blood oceans and space <laughs> which is a fucking awesome idea uh mm-hmm. and they send you out to explore but because you're exploring like the bottom of this alien ocean it's super high pressure and they don't like have vessels to actually correctly exist in that atmosphere so what they do is they put you in a submarine and they they weld the thing shut so the whole premise of the game is that you're piloting a submarine blind all you have is a map you have a really slow camera that can take a picture and then spit an image out in like 10 seconds and then you have a radar and the way that you control the ship is all using um angles and coordinates so you just have a little like control panel where you can set the angle you know from 0 to 360 and then you have x coordinates and y coordinates and you're referencing that against a map and basically what you're supposed to do is move around the map and go to points of interest you are trying to avoid obstacles occasionally there are like creatures that appear that can attack your ship And the whole time, your ship is, like, slowly deteriorating. It's, like, falling apart. Um, It's springing leaks. Sometimes fires happen. You have to put them out. And so the whole game just takes place inside this whole ship. And at first, you're like, how can this even be a game? You know? Like, it's such a simple and, like, claustrophobic thing. You're like, how could I even play this for an hour? But it's super engrossing like it's really really fun ultimately to navigate and it's super tense because like once you get used to not navigating by sight you're just listening and you're like hearing you know animal noises mm-hmm. and creaking and, and you can hear like the when the pressure is increasing there's like a one point where you get close to what seems like a some kind of vacuum like suction thing and it's like mm-hmm. really tense you start shaking everywhere yeah, yeah. It's so weird how like I started playing the game and I was like, man, I don't even get how this is a game. And then like 30 minutes later I was like, uh outside world no exist only only hell yeah. submarine, you know?
1: Yeah. Once you once you kind of rewire your brain for the movement, uh it's like using a pallet jack almost <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah, like you're you're <laughs> you're steering backwards with those. Yeah. But it's like, once you figure it out, it's like, why would I ever steer normally when I can do that, you know? Yeah. like So once you get kind of lost in the the controls and navigating where you're at, you don't even need to really see outside. Like, the photos and stuff help. Because you can take a photo at any time to just, like, see where you're at or, like, if a proximity center is going off, you yeah. can kind of... If you're having trouble, you can get more of a visual representation of, of what you're doing. Yeah. But, like, all that, I think once you're set in it serves to help you envision being at the bottom of an ocean. Right. Pretty well. I think it's kind of like that part in Soma where you have to run across the ocean floor. It's a it's a lot like that. It feels like that but if you couldn't see anything. Yeah. If you were just looking at like a hallway with you know, steam pipes and a weird computer.
0: Yeah, it's a much more extreme version of that sequence in SOMA, which I also definitely appreciated about it. Um, Another thing that took me way too long to figure out is the point of the game is to go to these points of interest that are marked on the map, match the coordinates exactly, including the angle, and take a photo, and then once you open up the map, it'll be checked off, like you completed it. That took me way too long to figure out. You didn't. You didn't press B for briefing. I mean, I got that, but then I was like, "What?" I I didn't notice the angle marking at first, so I was going to the point and then like mm. not. Dude, I had a hard time. You know what? The other thing I'll admit <laughs> to this. This is gonna make me sound really dumb, probably, is that when I first looked at the map, because I'm like, "You're in the ocean." I thought the black stuff was like a were like land masses or a landmass that you had to go around. And so I was navigating, like, based on the coordinates of outside the black part in the map, but then I realized the black part of the map is where you are inside of, because you're on the ocean floor mm-hmm. in, like, canyons. Yeah. So initially, I just kept crashing in the walls, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? What am I doing wrong? And it's like, oh, I'm looking at the map literally backwards.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my brain immediately was like, dark spot means water.
0: So I, didn't, I didn't think that. <laughs> uh yeah it uh it takes a village so don't worry it about takes it. it takes a 30 fucking minutes is what it takes but uh <laughs> i mean the thing that i love about this game like i don't think that's a problem or that's not even a critique i'm just calling myself out for being a dumbass uh the thing i love about this game is that you get that sense of getting better at navigating as you play the game so even though it's yeah. it's a short experience um a relatively short experience as it goes on, you suddenly find yourself getting really good, and the way the game is laid out, like, early in the game, you don't have to navigate anything too tricky, and then late in the game, you have to go through, like, three or four really tight, narrow spaces, and, like, like the fact that you can just navigate those pretty easily by the end of the game is, like, a really cool feeling and the way that you do is cool too because it's basically like there's a radar and when you get close to an obstacle it starts beeping and shows you what direction it's in and as you get closer it beeps faster and so like you're trying to manage these blinking dots against like the angle and your acceleration and yeah you feel like I'm really piloting a submarine and like oh I'm like kind of good at this and it fucking rocks I uh yeah I loved it I thought it was great Uh, I
1: think more than that it feels like you're piloting a coffin at the bottom of an ocean yeah for sure like I think it does a good job at communicating that you're you are in a seafaring vessel but it's it's more of it's it's a little more like morose than that yeah like you are in a scary weird place doing a thing you probably don't want to do because the setup is you're a prisoner and if you complete this you get to you're free yeah they'll let you go yeah which is you know you already know what this is. Yeah. Anytime the setup is a prisoner can complete something and be like free. You you know what's yeah. gonna
0: happen. We've all seen the classic film Gamer starring Gerard Butler. The greatest movie ever made. Oh yeah. With um
1: Dexter, but with a Southern accent.
0: <laughs> Dexter doing a great job acting, but very questionable Southern accent. Let's say that. <laughs> uh listen i love it yeah i'm not sure we pulled that one out of but. uh i can i can hazard a couple guesses but
1: <laughs> yeah I think that was your podcaster ass joke for the hey, day
0: thank you so much guys like and subscribe buy my supplements and my t-shirts um oh. actually t-shirts are sold out i need to make new t-shirts i am making new t-shirts mm-hmm. what am i talking about okay. uh well, you heard it here first You heard it here first new t-shirts soon they fucking whip ass so get ready um yeah. No, it uh the atmosphere of the game is super oppressive. It's super tense. Like I was like in total silence just like sweating playing this game and it was so sick. Uh, And I I think that's one thing maybe that is disappointingly lost on a lot of the audience about this game. Because, like, if you search this game on YouTube, you just get, like, 18 videos, all with the identical title, which is Iron Lung is terrifying. And, like, I think it's kind of low-key become the new Subnautica, where, like, streamers play it and go, Oh my god, you guys! Oh my god, I'm freaking the freak out, guys! You know,
1: and it's cheaper so the barrier to entry for <laughs> unsuccessful YouTubers and Twitch streamers is even lower than Subnautica was.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, like when you play this game, it's like actually really scary in a very cool and unique way. Like it's scary in that almost real world stress type of way where you kind of start panicking a little bit in real life. But also, like I said, the game does become weirdly fun. Like the feel of piloting the vessel is sticky and it feels good once you get the hang of it. And that's what I think puts this game above anything else that I played explicitly for this episode. Because like I said, it uses a retro aesthetic. It nods to uh, like retro games, but underneath it is not only really amazing design that is unique i've used that word like 15 times you guys get the picture that there's not a lot of other games like this but also that it has this sticky fun good game design feel to it and that's what i find lacking in games that are just like copy paste resident evil 2 like you know what i mean
1: yeah and it's the benefit of like a really short game i think that yeah. You don't you don't have to pad anything out, really. So you don't have to have a lot of mechanics. You can really focus like laser focus on getting one thing done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's just I like I feel like that's just something you inherently can't have in a game that is. More than like an hour and a half long. Yeah, I think once you get to that, like. Three to six hour, you know, it's a walking sim or, you know. Maybe some people might consider, like, Village a, like, five-hour game because you absolutely can beat that game in, like, two and a half hours or whatever. But uh, Not on the first play. Obviously, there's a lot more happening in that game. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I think that this game being so short is what allows it to be as cool as it is because the only way you can make it longer is to just add a bunch of other mechanics. There'd have to be a you-can-leave-the-submarine-to-walk-around thing, which then... Would totally remove the aesthetic and the fear of your. <laughs> you're literally sealed shut in a thing that's probably going to uh, explode or compress or whatever. Yeah, know.
0: implode. implode yeah.
1: is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, like you. You really succeed by, you know, coming out of the gate with this isn't more than one hour long.
0: Yeah. Well, and the best vintage survival horror game is silent hill in a mechanical from a mechanical viewpoint let me say not to pop out with a blazing hot take here but mechanically the best (laughs) ps1 era uh survival horror game is silent hill it's the one that's held up the best it's the one that plays the best what are the unique qualities of silent hill mechanically well for starters it's three hours long three hours that is a fucking banger length for a survival Mm -hmm. horror game also mechanically I mean it has the best feel to the controls it doesn't have very good combat but it's almost all optional and um, yeah and the rest of the game is just 100% vibing so like there's tons of negative space there's tons of just vibing the game doesn't really do the Resident Evil thing of like forcing you into tight corridors with lots of enemies and then just like punishing you with the whip of like game design, (laughs) you know, like those are the unique things about Silent Hill. So like, I think the best overall, the best like throwback horror games I've played in the last few years that are actually like deep into that throwback genre are like those demos that people do for the, um, like the haunted PS one demo disc shit. Cause those, a lot of those are like 30 minutes tops, you know? And, like, it's a short experience. It has, like, a very sharp point to it. Like, they're just trying to get you to that stinger ending. And it's it's great. Like, there's just, there's so much focus. The There isn't enough time for things to get old or to start wearing on you. And those creators, you know, I think they're largely from, you know, an indie pool of creators who are very into vibing. And they understand that, like, the vibe is... of the game. So I think those are all things that the games that I can't get into lack. They all ignore those lessons and I think they're way more focused on just recreating you know, a lot of the most just basic like survival horror games from the PS1 and PS2 era.
1: Oh yeah, well it's just horror tropes all the way down in general. Mm -hmm. Everything about the worst games in this whole little pile is is simply that they have no original idea. Right. And I mean, when I say original idea, I mean, at least from that person's creative ability. Right. I know that, you know, most ideas aren't, are inherently just not fully original, but right. you can play a game like Iron Lung and be like, this person sat down and came up with this and maybe was influenced by one or two things. But in their mind, this is 100% like a, an original work and then you play something like Tormented Souls and you're like every single piece of this was just lifted from something.
0: Well, great segue into the second game we're going to talk about today, which is Tormented Souls. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I am so scared to bring this game up again because uh, I think in the last episode I was just like... I hate this game but my friend died be nice to me and everyone was nice to me and now it's like alright well <laughs> shit now people can be mean to me about Tormented Souls well,
1: it's, it's fine I'm here to back you up <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the corner of the ring rubbing your shoulders squirting <laughs> water in your, in your mouth
0: accidentally squirting it into my eye and I'm like yeah I like that you better. got this
1: kid oh <laughs> shit sorry <laughs> no 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 I like
0: that better keep going <laughs> um yeah so Tormented Souls y'all I don't get it like i mean all right so what is tormented souls tormented souls is currently from my casual survey of people who listen to the show and people on reddit and blah blah blah, it seems to be one of the more if not one of the most popular throwback horror titles right now it is kind of a mix of ps1 and ps2 horror tropes it does have nice visuals. I think that's kind of the one modern touch. Um it has fixed camera angles just like you'd expect and the character design is straight out of like, you know, 2099 at the latest, you know. Um but the visuals are nice. Things look pretty polished. But then you play the game and it's got tank controls. It's got Super awful combat It's got limited everything You know inventory System everything And It's got you know Really basic ass puzzle design Where you just find a key Open door find a key Open door run back and forth Open the map the map is of course bad We don't get the Silent Hill map Where things are marked we don't get an Interactive map it's just Bad map And it seems like people like it because it's just, it's just Silent Hill 2, but what if it was bad and also had like kind of a, you know, a protagonist you can ogle who's a woman. Uh,
1: you can say anime teddies I don't know why you <laughs> won't say it
0: <laughs> Well, it's like, man, okay, so let's talk about that Because everyone who I've talked to is like Well, it's not really a big element to the game But in the intro of the game it Man okay (laughs) who said that multiple multiple people multiple people said that because they said that once you get past the intro it's it's not a big part of the game which i believe i only played the demo and that was about as much as i could stomach of this game um i played the demo intending to get the full game you know because i'm like i'm sure i'm gonna like this everyone tells me it's good and then i boot up the game and it's got this title screen with this lollipop chainsaw vibe lady with like a Mm -hmm. nail gun doing the like looking over the shoulder at me and I'm like this is Mm -hmm. weirdly porny and then I start the game and the intro cutscene of course it's bad it's got bad voice acting bad writing it looks exactly like the intro of Clock Tower 3 and then like our character gets kind of mysteriously spirited away to this like hellish uh, it was like asylum kind of place. She wakes up n- hospital. Yeah, she wakes up naked in a bathtub with a tube down her throat, and she pulls it out, and there is like the most like explicit gagging animation that I have ever seen. And like, listen, guys, I download shit from some shady ass fucking websites where there's like those <laughs> Russian porn game ads where it's like real gnar, and this was like more fucked up than that and i was like what in god's name is that and so i think just for that alone i'm kind of gonna ding this game like pretty heavily Mm -hmm. because it's just like what the fuck and especially let me say this especially if it's not a big part of the game and they didn't intend for the game to have this whole you know sexual aspect to it then like what was that Was that just so I I get like a little I get a little serotonin? I get a little tingle. Yeah. You know, like fuck that, dude. I mean my
1: my hot take on that is that they front loaded it like that to get people to play it, but then they also drop it, so people will say things like it's not a focal point, point. and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to quote myself on here from earlier. My description of this of the game based on the trailer before I like downloaded the demo is that quote It's literally Unity asset Resident Evil with Steam filmmaker porn models. It's hysterical." End quote.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because
1: like the the environments look. They look pretty on par with, like, the pre-rendered stuff from the Resident Evil remake.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Like, the environments look really good. Uh-huh. I didn't care about anywhere I was. I definitely don't care about these characters and this really thin, like, reason to get this person here. Right. Because you get, you get a letter in the mail, and she's just like, I have to know. And I'm like, you have to know what? What do you have <laughs> to know? What happened? Yeah. Cause she just shows up at this like haunted haunted hospital on Haunted Hill or whatever, and she just gets conked on the head and wakes up naked with a feeding tube in her throat. Yeah. And her eye missing. So I'm like, this just has a weird, like it's only horror if a woman is naked and previously tortured and you have to one you have to sit there and think about
0: what could have happened to her. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, 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 real Rosemary's baby hours out here. It's real like deviant art, Evangelion fan art vibe. Yeah, it's pretty,
1: it's pretty whack. It's, 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 I think a thought I had playing it was it's kind of like if someone watched the 1996 Ghost in the Shell film Mm -hmm. and just only took away that like hot lady with bazongas or something. Like (laughs) they watched that whole movie and they were just like, oh, I just really like the scene where she puts on the The camo suit that's skin tight so it looks like she's naked i mean i and i'm just like that's what you took away from that i think that
0: is what a lot of people took away from that because like there are way too many like t-shirts and like resin statues of her naked on her knees for me to not believe that that's mostly what people took from well and
1: also the source material it's based upon that dude is very horny yeah like he he has books where all he draws is like erotic stuff like he's he's a bit horny well sure that's not totally surprising but the that movie and its sequel obviously try to take a bit more of a um i don't know like a less fun you know catty woman vibe and turn it into a bit more of a like detective drama-esque thing yeah
0: for sure. But um, I
1: don't want to get on my anime, like, soapbox right Yeah, now. I
0: don't really want to talk about anime right now. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> sorry. So, Evangelion. So, yeah. from the yeah, top. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Tormented Souls is full of choices that I don't think make the game better, and I think they make the game worse. And, once again, if I put on my art critique hat and I try and say why was this choice made i don't see any reason besides hey remember when like you're asking the audience hey remember Mm -hmm. when this was a thing hey remember when this was a thing and it's super frustrating to me because it's like once again i think the big reason why i wanted to include iron lung in this episode and we almost didn't so i'm glad that we we both had a chance to play it is that like Hmm. i think iron lung has so many things going for it that come from modern game design. So like, we know now that like a cold open is much better than like a horrible cutscene to open a game. We know that like using sound design and subtle clues like that to establish a world is better than like making the character or making the player, excuse me, sit through like a bunch of awful fucking dialogue. And it's like, I'm not nostalgic for that stuff generally. Like, do I feel nostalgia for every piece of dialogue from the original Resident Evil? Yes, because it is masterfully bad. But, like, (laughs) am I super thirsty for more? Absolutely not. And I think even looking at like a contemporary dev puppet combo, who I'm not a huge fan of, I think that, you know, his more recent games are much better than tormented souls and also he kind of gets that because like there is corny dialogue in his games but it's very clipped it's very short it doesn't take up much time and it's stylized to be more like a shitty old horror movie it has the distinct flavor of like like uh you know something that you would see on like an old vhs Tape, you know what I mean? Like, even it has that look. It has yeah. that sound. So he's going for something specific, and it's like literally two, three lines, a little exchange between characters. Like this type of game, they'll make you sit through long ass cutscenes that are that suck with a bunch of dialogue that is yeah, painful to boy. listen to. And it's like, it's this is bad. It's skippable at least. Yeah, there's that.
1: You know, you can, which I had to do because I forgot that it didn't auto save, so I had to restart the demo. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I forgot to save and I died during some of the shitty combat so I was like you know what I'm good on
0: this yeah well and that's the thing too like the thing that I don't get fully that I fully have no understanding of is like if you're a fan of this type of game and you played all those original games why do you want that feeling of getting to the first enemy dying because the mechanics are bad and then having to start over Like, that's a really bad feeling. Or, like, playing the original Resident Evil and having to restart the game because you used all your bullets. Like, that was cool at the time, but it's a bad feeling. And, like, we're all adults now, and I don't want to do that. And we've learned from game design. Like, you can look at super difficult games many of which I love and I'm not going to name in this episode for everybody's sake but like, you can look at the way that super difficult games have evolved and it really has become the mechanics are rock solid and you just have to figure out how to play the game and how to interact with the game when you play this game it's just bad the mechanics are bad, the controls are bad the combat is bad and it's like what is, what is good about that? What is fun about that?
1: Yeah, like in a classic Resident Evil game, for instance, like the just the first original version of that game,
0: it's janky,
1: you know, and it's out of a time, but everything in it is like they're all on equal footing, every component of that game. Right. And this game is just a lot of pieces out of time smushed together because you can't. You can't call it a Resident Evil like if it doesn't have fixed camera angles or combat or like you know, whatever, right? And when you're not only plugging in all these random things, but also none of them are like made particularly well. Like it just it just honks super duper bad because they're like uh like the medium had a lot of fixed camera angle Mm -hmm. stuff and it still felt good to play in that space or at least it like, you know, it felt competent. Yeah. And this doesn't like navigate, like navigating the camera angle transitions in it was so fucking bad. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got this hokey mechanic and that's the other thing is clearly in the demo, you're only exposed to probably like one of four or five, like significant mechanics in the game and i was just like i can't imagine layering anything else on top of this right like adding any other mechanic into this would just make this an absolute no-go for me like just 100 percent. and i'll put up with some bad video games i've done it yeah for, for this show for for people in the community i put up with some shit. And I was, I was going to try to play more of this game, but I think like just finding out there's more on the horizon, I just could not do it because yeah. it's, it's just janky to walk around in. The combat sucks. And the, one of the main reasons the combat sucks is because I think you can't aim the gun. Yeah. And I don't mean like RE4 style aim it. I mean, like in the way that in... Because I mostly only played the Resident Evil remake. In Resident Evil original, you could do up and down, right? You could go... Yeah, yeah, you could do all that. There's high There's none of that here. So there's... Like, if you have an enemy that's crawling on the ground, you can't aim aim down to shoot at them. No. No. If it's taller than you, you can't aim up. There's none (laughs) of that. You just point and you shoot. And it's just a roll of the dice. doesn't feel particularly good... All of the enemies are, like, not compelling, really. Yeah. Like, they're just... They all have... And, man, I went to the website with the worst names. It's all just, like, Acid Spitter. (laughs) It's because they experimented on these people in this decrepit hospital. Imagine that. Yeah. And they're going to spit acid on you. We didn't (laughs) lift this from the guys
0: that spit acid on you in Silent Hill. Yeah. No, no, no. You're, you're totally correct. And it's just like it's so frustrating. It's like, what what is the appeal here? And once again, to me, as someone who has played all of these games, I've played every classic survival horror game. Like, I played so many of these games. It was all I played for years and I was so obsessed with them. I had a collection. I owned all of them. Like, every PS1, PS2, classic survival horror game, if it was released in America, I fucking played it, dude. And like, there are so many of these games that, like, at the time, if you were a fan, you were playing, and you were like, I wish it wasn't like this, or I wish it was like this. And so to play a game that just, like, is luxuriating in how annoying it can be it's just, like, so bad, yeah. you know? Because it's like, yeah, like, Resident Evil Combat was kind of janky, but you at least, like, there is an aiming mechanic, there was a little bit of play spatially, so, like you understood how the combat worked. It wasn't slick. It didn't even work that well, but you understood it and there was a way to interact with it. This feels more like something like Rule of Rose where the combat is just random. The hitboxes and aiming make no sense and you're just like praying to God that you don't die and lose progress. And like... (laughs) It's such a weird thing because, like, there are people who have convinced themselves that that's fun and that that's, like, scary somehow. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's just frustrating. Like... I wish people, like, tried a little harder to
1: clarify that they, they just think it's fun to play for them and not that it's, like, at all, like, a good experience. Right. Like, I feel like I know when something I like is shitty and I usually, you know clarify that I think it's good because I'm a psychopath right. and not that it's like somehow possibly worth anyone's time this game is absolutely not worth everyone's time yeah or, or could be like it's it's for some really specific people some of them are probably fine or meanwhile and some of them are absolute degenerates <laughs> but it's, it's not a game for, for the common person for sure
0: yeah I just like I just, like, really didn't like it at all, and I thought it was terrible, and once again, I have a long history and a deep appreciation of this genre. I mean, last year for Halloween, I played hours and hours of PS2-era survival horror games, and I had, like, a really good time, like... I don't struggle with playing older games, but I do struggle with a game like this. And once again, I'm going to say it, what I say over and over, I just don't think this is good game design. I think this is just Remember When. And there is a huge distinction. And it's it's good that you brought up the medium cuz I talked a little bit about the medium in the last episode, but like I do think the medium is a great example of a game that tries to modernize survival horror that really learns lessons from the shortcomings of the original era of survival horror and also feels like it was made by people who played those games and thought the same things i thought right Like, because like i remember playing rule of rose and just being like oh i wish this didn't have combat you know or like playing you know silent hill 4 and thinking the same thing or just like wishing certain things were streamlined or wishing that the game put more focus on the story and the atmosphere and stuff and so when you play the medium, I mean the medium is a great game and it's because it goes all in on atmosphere and story and exploration and like it kind of fuses a point and click adventure game with a survival horror game but it's very modern, the tech is modern the look is modern, you're super engrossed in the world, it's very beautiful has great music, it's like yeah, like I'm not expecting, you know like a lot of these games are covering these are smaller games by indie devs. I'm not expecting the same level of production value as the medium, obviously. But from a design standpoint, you could still do something that is as good as that. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, I think when you're a small team, sometimes you're kind of forced into a corner of you can either make a competent game from a technical side. Or you can make a game that's probably a little rough in that regard, right. but it makes up with for it with like a cohesive aesthetic or like a compelling story or something. Right. And like when you look back at the most successful, you know, survival horror games of the fifth and sixth generations, I guess specifically, like the ones that stand out, even if they're a little weird and janky, have super compelling aesthetics. And visual styles and your stories, or they just kind of like I, you know, parts of Resident Evil I don't think were like particularly compelling or like interesting and like a, fr- from a perspective of how original is this work, right? But it was the 90s, and you know, like you're on the heels of Romero and stuff, so playing a game in that time in 3d that kind of jocks that vibe. Like that hadn't really happened yet. Right. So you're getting this combo of like, it's a little hokey, but like it's, it's also, it's like the first time you've been able to be this engrossed in something because you're coming from like 16 bit sprites. So now you're now you're 3d and it's, it's a little more real. And so It's a little janky to control, but you know the the vibe of the mansion and these are cops, you know, they're they're somewhere between like SWAT and just regular cops. But it's like they don't even look like a cop would like you would imagine one look. They have like weird like SNK artist ass outfits where it's a T-shirt with just like big shoulder pads on it like they (laughs) It's 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 its own unique aesthetic, right. Combined with some realism, and so all those like the vibe of you know the early Resident Evil games, and obviously the vibe of you know at least the original um, Japanese-made Silent Hill games are all really focused, right? And then you play this, and like I said, it feels like. Feels like you're playing, you know, because I've played five other random horror games off of Steam or something that had really similar environmental aesthetics to Tormented Souls. So it, it feels like you're just playing the I I paid five hundred dollars for all the stuff in the Unity store that's scary, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I ran out of money, so I got this like Steam filmmaker porn lady and just put clothes on her have game and then gave her no re no reason to be there uh-huh. just like you just have to run it's like an anime like it starts eight ex- like exposition pieces ahead of where it should right. and then you get filled in with it like as you go i guess it just yeah for sure not not compelling yeah um, you're gonna open with like there's no reason to be here and you're horny like
0: uh no thanks you raise a very good point here and i think it's something that's really worth talking about is the aesthetics of classic survival horror games and how they've aged because not only do aesthetics change over time because people's tastes change and trends change and all that kind of stuff but i think also when you look at like the foundation of a genre, especially something like survival horror, you see that a lot of these aesthetics were popular or well regarded because they were novel. And a lot of them just don't age that well, you know? So like resident evil has always been a mix of Gothic horror and action movies. And I think they've managed that well over the years, but if you go back to the older games, The action movie stuff, it's just not as cool now. Because, like, we have actual action games that have really good aesthetics and are just, like, really artful, well-made games. And we have action movies in the real world that have really pushed the artistic, like, boundaries of action movies. And so if you just go back and say, oh, I'm going to take that, like, corny 90s action movie aesthetic and just plop it into my game, it's just not going to be that compelling it's just not going to look that good and I feel that way about a lot of different survival horror aesthetics you can see how like certain games like I think if you look at a game like like Haunting Grounds that aesthetically has not aged well at all it's very just like generic like Japanese PS2 gothic it's not even like the cool Japanese PS2 gothic like Shadow Hearts it's just kind of bland but then you look at something like Rule of Rose and it's really unique and interesting and it's still not a common aesthetic in horror games. But it feels like in a throwback game like this, they're going to be pulling from something more recognizable than Rule of Rose. They're going to reach for the more bland aesthetic that was exciting in 2001 or 2002 because we just hadn't seen that in a video game before. And now is just like, really? Like, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But do it better than they did. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I I don't need another abandoned haunted torture hospital. Yeah. I I can't imagine doing that again. Just like again. This again. again. Yeah.
0: Um, Not not particularly exciting shit at all. And yeah, for sure. And I think that is a huge problem in the next game on our list, which is Daymare 1998. Uh which despite its title is actually kind of a weird mashup of a bunch of different generations of like horror games. Resident Evil games, really, to be explicit.
1: Yeah. I thought, and I'm not sure what the timeline is, I th- I feel like maybe it was in some kind of early access point, maybe a little before Resident Evil 2 Remake came out. Yeah. It, or at least I caught wind of it before I had caught wind of the, the remake. And I think when I finally like got around to playing it for this... Have And having seen a little bit of it before, I thought I was going to be treated to a bit more of a Resident Evil 2 remake style of game because it looks that way. It's got the same third person over the shoulder camera. Right. You have an inventory that's not dissimilar to older, you know, Resident Evil games. Right. And playing it, it's not it's not quite like it's definitely not that snappy like yeah clearly resonant. like to, to revisit the old resident and evils there was a lot that had to be changed and updated to make it fun and compelling and modern um and they did all of that and this game very much did not <laughs> right it's pulling from a lot of different places uh which I'll, you know, I'll give it some credit for for making a bit more of an effort than I think Tormented Soulstead. Sure. And I think that if you're going to play, if you just got to play some game like this, it's the better of the two to play. Sure. Um, In some ways, it's a it's a bit rougher around the edges. The voice acting is insane. I barely understand what's happening in the the story. And I really only have an understanding of it because it's just a it's just like a, a repurposed Resident Evil story. Yeah. You're just dealing with a a different umbrella and a different <laughs> like military group with a an acronym and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it's all repurposed, but Like, when when characters are talking and doing things, I have no idea why they're doing anything they're doing. Yeah, for sure. It's a little weird. The subtitles don't match the dialogue half the time, just like in Tormented Souls. Like, Uh it's... Yeah. It's a bit rough, but, you know, playing it is a little more enjoyable,
0: at least. Well, so, Damier 1998 is basically, like, an alternate take on the Resident Evil 2 remake. So, it seems like it was developed in tandem. Like... While Capcom was reimagining this older Resident Evil game and updating it, this company was also doing the same thing with their own original IP. Um, so it has a lot of similarities. It's a third-person over-the-shoulder action horror game. Uh, you know, so once again, it's mashing up Resident Evil Four with like Resident Evil Two. And the gameplay in and of itself is very reminiscent of an older Resident Evil game. You know, there's a huge shortage of ammo. There's uh, a big emphasis put on the inventory and item scarcity. The combat is difficult. Uh, it, Like you said, it's not snappy. And it's not fun. <laughs> it's kind of meant to be punishingly hard. Uh, in this game, I found that it was because there's, first of all, like manual aiming only unless you play it on easy mode and then they turn on a aim assist but in the default difficulty there's no manual aiming and the enemies are bullet sponges like big time bullet sponges which is not so dissimilar from something like evil within or resident evil 2 remake but in this game the scarcity the extreme scarcity combined with the extreme bullet sponginess made the game feel way more frustrating than either of those games uh, in my opinion and I just straight up did not have any fun playing this game like yeah and it's weird because like I said I love the Resident Evil remakes 2 and especially 3 I love the Evil Within those are like my favorite games ever this feels like someone trying to make another game like that but I just think they biffed it so hard
1: yeah, the thing that propels me through it, playing it, is just kind of that I, I like the Resident Evil aesthetic from that time, like it's a hokey fun thing, and it kind of it's hokey. Uh, like that's that's probably it. Is it's just an even hokier version of that story, yeah. and I kind of just like that. It's the '90s and it's hokey vibe. Um And I'm playing it on easy because I was like the second I read the like, quote unquote, intended difficulty. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. The second anyone's just like, little boy, you scared little boy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not playing this on this difficulty. <laughs> Fuck off.
0: Yeah. Because like for sure.
1: Regular enemies aren't too difficult. Generally, you can like shoot them in the head two to three times and, and knock them down. The bosses I've encountered very annoying. Um Yeah. And also that uncertainty with how much health an enemy has is, um, troubling. It's, yeah, I I think, I think they want you to do some amount of also running past enemies or like punching them. Yeah. First. Yeah. So you do a little damage that way. Um. But in all those ways, the combat system just isn't really fleshed out, so it's not super fun. Yeah, And I think the place the combat really fell apart for me is you're doing a uh, timed sequence, like a you-got-to-wait-for-someone-to-show-up thing, so you're obviously going to get swarmed. But I didn't do anything. I ran in a circle. yeah. <laughs> Because, like, there were way too many enemies to shoot. One of them being a faster boss character that I already knew was a, like... Like, even more of a bullet sponge than, like, the Regenerators in 4. If you try to kill them without, like, the Thermal Scope and you're just, like, spraying them. Even more than that. So I just... I was like, well, I'm running faster than them, so I'll just run in a circle until the guy gets here. Yeah. (laughs) What else is there to do? And it feels so goofy because they're just chasing you in a circle.
0: Well, that's... So it's not even
1: like you strategically need to move around. Like, you're not engaging with even, like, a fight-or-flight situation. You're just cheesing the game to wait for the checkpoint to happen, and that's not compelling or fun, so why is it there in the first place?
0: Well, yeah, and... I want to talk about the aesthetics. I actually disagree with you. Uh, I think it's much worse That's than fair. I think it's much worse than you're presenting it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you're not wrong. But I, I want to talk about the combat for a second because, like, yeah, the combat, the whole system is goofy as fuck. And like the now thing, that reload I load system, sheesh, f- yeah. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> so, while playing this game and i know this is not fair and it's not charitable but all i could think was that this is like the resident evil 2 remake if it was brutally awful like if it was just a really <laughs> shitty fucking game yep. and yeah a lot of it too it's not just budget because once again i know it's not fair to compare two things one of them is a bigger company bigger budget blah, blah, blah. but there's just design here right and so like with the zombies The animations are bad. They look stupid. Their pathing is bad. Their movement is buggy and shitty. It's just like, it's just such a joke. It's so dumb. And then on top of it, like you mentioned, they add all these systems to be like, oh, look, it's still survival horror. So like reloading is like complicated. And like, I'm not- You want a long reload or a short reload? Right. Which is, I don't like that, but I also didn't hate it until I realized that it doesn't work it does not work they're like hold x to do the long reload i'm like great because if you do a short reload you drop clips everywhere and have to go pick them up this the long reload never worked i did not get it to work once and it's just hold x oh i always did i couldn't get it to work and i was so frustrated
1: it's longer for so you start with two guns and they have different reload animations and the the submachine guns reload is like insanely protracted it's mental how long it takes yeah. to reload that thing yeah
0: but it's just like it w- It was so that part of it was really frustrating but it also made you realize that it's like oh yeah this is why in resident Evil 2 remake they streamlined all this stuff in terms of like the guns and then when you look at the zombies, like i still maintain that the star of that game is the zombie that they designed for that yeah. game. Cause it's scary. It's weird. It makes you be really strategic when you play the game, because like you're, there's so many different ways to take it down. Like the zombies in that game are bullet sponges, but they're bullet sponges because the game lets you interact with them in more quasi realistic ways. So you can choose to just like disable limbs rather than kill them. You can choose to do damage with the knife in a really tactical kind of way. So like, the game reimagines what a zombie is. This game is like, what if a zombie could waddle faster? And it's like, well, mm. not super here for that. Give the zombies wee controls. Yeah. they dude, they're waggling all over your stupid ass for mm-hmm. sure. Um But yeah, the the thing too about the story and the world and the aesthetic and stuff is that like I think it's awful. I think that they're clearly going (laughs) for, like you said, a Resident Evil hokey 90s action movie thing. But unfortunately there's nothing fun or light or, or like, stupid in a good way about it, it's just stupid in a bad way. And they established this right away with an opening cutscene that by my um, count is approximately 460 hours long. Uh, Dude,
1: there's, like, and you didn't even play as much as I did. The cutscene game is ridiculous.
0: and they're so... Bad. I did go online and watch a few more of them because I was like, is it? Mm, They're bad. It's fucking brutal. They're a million years long. Sorry, I revised the count. I'm looking at my notes here, my notepad here. It looks like it was actually a million hours long. Sorry. Um, they're super protracted and long. They're full of the worst dialogue you've ever heard. And it's a bunch of like, you know, kind of cool butch army man guy (laughs) types, but like, the thing is that there's nothing fun or light about it. Cause they reference like war crimes. You even like do a war yeah. crime, dude.
1: Yeah. There's a yeah, fucking like weird.
0: war crime in the tutorial. And like, it's like, okay, if you're going to <laughs> modernize this in a good way, the good way <laughs> would be like, let's, let's make it more like die hard, right? Like let's go have this like goofy nineties action vibe in this game. It's like, let's make it just as fucking dumb. As, like, any Resident Evil game, but then let's also make it grim and horrible. And that's where I'm like, nope, I'm out. This is a fucking bummer. And, like, I'm not here to be bummed. Like, I'm here to play a fun game. And it's like, that's why, like, when you play the Resident Evil 3 remake, which I still think is, like, one of the most underrated games ever, that game is wall to wall fun. It's stupid action. Yeah it's just trying to be a crazy over the top action movie. And it's like, they nail it and they do it so good. And you play this game and it's like, no, this sucks. This yeah, is, bad. I don't
1: want to get, I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea. I don't think that what Daymare does aesthetically is good. <laughs> um, right. It is, it is just evocative of a time. And that like, in a way can be enough for me to just be like yeah i'll i'll keep trudging along. i'll see what happens." i don't
0: think they nail it i think that it's it oh they don't nail it at all yeah and that's the thing is like even like the worst uh moments of the resident evil series contain this like golden nugget of genius level comedy may i please direct you to resident evil 6 and the carl alfonso scene (laughs) the scene from which you took your name from for a long time like for people who don't know like it's the intro it's the intro scene of uh chris redfield's campaign in resident evil 6 he's like drunk at a bar harassing a woman (laughs) and then one of his old comrades comes up and is like you forgot about your squad and starts like flashing pictures of them off of like an iphone and it is look at how they massacred my boy yeah dude it's so funny it's so fucking funny and it's like i don't know that is what i want like if someone wants to do that mm-hmm. aesthetic of make it as dumb and preposterous and hilarious is that scene but this isn't that they like it's just yeah. bad and they also like i said they go weirdly dark with it and it's like if you mm-hmm. wanted this to be funny Don't do that. If you want us to be hokey, don't do that. And it's just tone deaf. It just comes off as tone deaf and and the game is not fun. Like you get to the first boss, and it's like, dude, this combat system is not just bad. It is broken and and terrible. You know? And like Yeah, the
1: encounters uh, aren't fun. Yeah. It's just. I mean, you know, it's like you could I think you could do worse if you really if you really desperately want something that is vaguely in that vein, you could do worse than Daymare. Sure. But uh I think my strong recommendation is like do not pay more than $5 for it. <laughs> I only paid like $3 for it, so. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a lot of game for $3. I'll say that much. Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean the demo is free, I think. Uh mm-hmm. So and this demo. like
1: if you buy it, it'll carry over your demo progress and install and all that. Right.
0: So. so you can check it out and you can tell me I'm wrong for free.
1: Yeah. But getting banned is also free. <laughs> getting, yeah.
0: <laughs> getting wrecked in the disky is also free. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, once again, I'm always going to go back to that design thing. I'm going to say this is not good design. And I'm also going to say a big sticking point for me with this type of game, because once again, now you're really in my wheelhouse of what I like now, right? Because, like I said, my favorite games of the modern times are, like, Evil Within. I love the new game Ghostwire. Like, I love that shit. I love the Resident Evil remakes. They're insanely good. And I love Resident Evil 8, too, obviously. But I think the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are, like, my favorite Resident Evil games of, of this modern era. So it's like, this is my wheelhouse. This is the shit that I love. And, like, I can say what makes this type of game good is number one just a good feel a fun combat system and number two a good sense of momentum so that the game is easily replayable you are supposed to replay these games over and over and hello i have i've played the resident evil 2 remake three times i have played the resident evil 3 remake three times i've played the original evil within three or four times i have played evil within two two times that's a much longer game so i've only done it twice but i'm definitely going to do it a third time like i don't know like these are games that you are supposed to replay and you're supposed to get sucked in and they're supposed to be really fun so it's like the choice to tackle this genre and not give it a good sense of momentum to not give it a good combat system to just not get your shit together in that regard and to waste the player's time with these dopey ass cutscenes, like (laughs) <laughs> no, it to me it's unforgivable and once again it's like the developer did not have to choose this specific genre and style to this game in, and I don't think they should have they kind of fucking stepped on a rake with this one it's a bad game
1: yeah they it's clearly made for people who you know just really want that experience again but it's not done particularly well and it you know, it seemed like it actually did pretty well, all told. Right. But it's like at this point we live in a post two and three remake society. So it is hard to to recommend this game. Like I like it's maybe easier to recommend if you've played through both of those games a dozen times each. Right. And you just you just want anything to be different at all. Right. But like you know, living in the shadow of those games and now that Eight is, has come out and shown like how successfully you can make a game to be replayed. Right. Like I'm not done playing that game. I have five playthroughs that I'm not finished. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like I, I look forward to each playthrough of that game that I do. Like, I like you just can't do this anymore. I think. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess it's easier because I think both of these games were made. Of uh, by European devs and in a lot of other places in the world uh, creators and studios like this get, they get money to do this stuff, right. it's not America, you don't have to you don't have to prove to investors that you're worth 10 million or whatever, yeah. they'll just they'll be like, oh you're an artist, here's some money make your thing, so like I I get why they make them, they can, but it, I kind of hope that going forward, we're we're avoiding this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I'm all for a one A 1A or a double A developed game. That usually I find those games to be better, but this ain't it. Yeah? You know? And so hopefully everyone who is into the idea of making modern throwback horror games at least considers what Capcom considered. Cause clearly Capcom knew you can't just, you know kind of put a new coat of paint over that stuff and it works you have to take a lot of it back to the drawing board and they did and then i think it works pretty well i think everyone agrees it works really well except for the people who are just mad that three remake was short yeah (laughs) which is weird i don't everyone has to be mad about something so yeah people i guess that was a
0: people were mad that it was short people were mad that the zombies work a little differently and then people were mad that they cut uh some stuff from the original game but those are all to me those were all positives um i liked all those changes i think it once it streamlines the game makes it snappier more fun to replay there's just no downtime in that game except for like one or two areas and it actually makes those areas pop a lot just because you're like, Oh cool. Like we're slowing down here. I didn't expect that, you know? And like, yeah, I just feel like, you know, once again, I think that the goal of a throwback horror game, regardless of whether it's specifically in this genre of stuff we're talking about, or it's something more like a classic remake or something like that, I think the goal should be to take the good parts of the original game and graph them onto a quality piece of modern design. So like the expectation should not be that the gameplay is exactly the same. The expectation should not be that the flow is exactly the same, but like we are looking for like an appropriate aesthetic that references the original looking for the right atmosphere and the right, vibe like i think resident evil 3 was always going to be a difficult project because that's kind of a weird choice because that game is really weird it's sort of like stuck between stations in terms of the series development where like it's trying to be an action thing but the series had not ever nailed action and so it just used a lot of weird gimmicks to kind of like fake it and so the remake is like no let's make it an action thing you know let's have Crazy intense combat. Let's have, you know, wild, wild ass cutscenes, crazy boss fights. Like, let's fucking go was basically like the order of the day. And I think they nailed it. But yeah, you know, everyone's, I guess, looking for something different from these type of games. And I'm just not, I'm just not looking for a retread. I'm never, ever, ever looking for a retread, you know?
1: I mean, retreads have their place but they still need to be good they still need to be (laughs) like enjoyable experiences
0: right i can't
1: imagine playing daymare on the quote-unquote intended experience yeah (laughs) like if i'm supposed to micromanage ammo you need to make the shooting feel good
0: right right well this kind of gets into that question of like when do you need to remake remaster or reimagine something which we're this kind of came up in the discord the other day because we're in like remake season right because there's like alan wake remaster i guess is already out or is coming out soon uh dead yeah i think
1: i thought it was out already but maybe
0: not dead space remake is coming out clearly yeah uh they've said it's a remake this is what we were kind of talking about the semantics of like Mm -hmm. what is you know a remaster obviously is just like they They kind of buff up the fidelity and make things look nice. A remake is like they remade the game. And, you know, obviously there's going to be more remakes from Capcom. More remakes get announced every day. And you start to kind of wonder, like, okay, what is the purpose of this? What is the utility of this? And I feel the same way when you're hearing about, like, spiritual successors, right? Because sometimes they're great and sometimes they're just, like, really, really bad. (laughs) and it it, to me it just kind of it feels pointless at times you know so it's like look at something really good like dusk by david samansky like that was taking a style of game that really does not get a lot of high quality releases anymore which was that like quake style horror fps And then reimagining it as something that's really high quality and really fun with a cool aesthetic but then also adding in all these new horror and walking sim ideas so like long portions of that game are just combat free like horror gameplay and so that was awesome and that was like yeah this is a really cool new take on that type of game you know or same with lost in vivo where it's like let's make a kind of ps1 game that could never have existed on the ps1 heavily referential of Silent Hill, heavily referential of all sorts of Konami stuff. And like, it still feels so unique because it's not focused on combat and it's not, it's slow paced and it's very atmospheric. So it's like, that's a good way to approach that kind of retro style game. But a lot of times it is just like a retread. And with some of these remakes, even people are like, people are really wondering why they're remaking dead space. And I'll say, even as someone who does not like dead space, I kind of don't get it either because, like, the mechanics and the graphics are, like, fine. Like, I just didn't like the game, but I didn't feel that, like, a remake would make it better. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't foresee that remake really changing much about that game. I read a little bit about it, and I think maybe they're going to be kind of adding some stuff and retuning some things. Yeah. So maybe like I, I like I know people had complaints about the sound design in that game. Yeah, it's bad. Which <laughs> seems to be a pretty pretty divisive topic. Um <laughs> I know, whether you're I'm... talking to people who played it or like <laughs> yeah. even the developers, I feel like. Right. Um but yeah, like it's I don't think so much about it's gonna change that it's going to feel like it's it's going to have justified its own existence by the end of it. I think you can probably just play the original and just fine. Yeah, I'll probably end up getting it because you know everybody's got their one thing, and you know I make fun of everyone all the time for constantly buying remakes and ports and stuff of games they already have. But
0: yeah, this will be my one, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, That's how I feel about the Resident Evil Four remake that they're going to do eventually. Where it's like, I still don't think the game needs it like at all. Um, nope, but like i'm gonna play it of course because i love that game and like just just replayed it it's fine it yeah holds up just fine i'll say dude the pc version on steam is pretty awful like when you play the ps4 version you're like oh yeah this is the way the game is supposed to be uh unfortunately so does need a better pc version but i haven't had any issues i just played it straight up on my laptop in the hospital and it was fine well,
1: I don't know. I was I was vibing, but I'm not sure if it's they've updated it or I have a version or who knows because there's so many fucking skews for that game. So
0: I think I'm maybe being picky because I've played it so many times and I love it so much and like yeah. I I have it pretty solidly in my head like what the game is supposed to be, and I mm-hmm. and I know that like I bought it on PS4 a couple years ago and when I played it on PS4 I was like hell yes like this is what the game is supposed to be. And then when I played it on PC right after, just to record some footage for the Patreon, I was like, ew, what is this? You know, like there's just like a a lot of like quality, little quality of life things, like menus and stuff that sucked. The color grade is fucked up. Um, Mm -hmm. Some graph, other graphical fidelity stuff. Like it does not look like sharp and clear, but like when you play it on the PS4, it looks really, really good. The colors are perfect. Everything's really sharp and nice looking. I was just like, that's like, really bizarre i don't know what i'm sure there's mods you can download that like oh yeah absolutely but i don't know who's got the time well so let's talk about let's talk about this do you feel like this genre has some potential like somebody could do something like this that really is like a solid game that you feel is quality or do you feel like it's kind of a lost cause
1: Well, I feel like we need need this, like, subgenre of of game, kind of, because I don't think that you get something like a Resident Evil 8 a lot, like a game that kind of reinvents itself, that does it really well, that everyone really likes, and, like, horror. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, plenty of other genres do just fine, kind of reinventing themselves through the years. But it seems like, and we've talked about it a little before, I think, but, you know, it seems like horror's had a, a more difficult time of it. Right. And so, you're not going to get, like, really big marquee titles like that that really, like, nail it. Mm. So, I think it's up to everyone that's below the triple A line to... Keep making games that are like those and competent, just so like you know, like the zeitgeist zeitgeist can remain that like the the people like these games and they're viable and good, etc. Because usually, to really innovate, you either have to be a huge studio that can do something as big as Village, or you have to make a really small scale game that's like an iron lung, for instance. Yeah. Um, so you need the middle of the road people to just kind of keep the faith until, you know, something comes along. Right. So I think we need it. If like, if it's viable, that's harder to say because clearly nostalgia is such a powerful tool that, you know, it's, we live in the time we live in and people are still making, games based solely upon mechanics and features right. that weren't even intentional half the time they were just accidents or responses to limits and technology and cramming it into like a modern game right and then you've just got you know some bloody disgusting.com ass mf <laughs> that's like no i love it and i'm like why it's bad <laughs> like you can love it if you want but you should you at least need to say it's bad
0: yeah 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 I Well, yeah, I, f- I fully agree with that. I think, for me, it's a little tougher. I think I'm just not convinced by this kind of subgenre. Like, I really like mm-hmm. what's going on in indie horror and the people who are doing weird, cool shit. And even, like, when I was thinking about this topic and thinking about this episode, I probably got together, like, closer to ten games. But then when I actually started breaking it down, like, do they actually fit the theme? I found that most of them didn't because most of them were too... Fresh and unique (laughs) and like cool to like fit within this topic and i feel like inherently the stuff they're covering it's kind of musty and dusty and that's by design like they want to remind you of this bygone time and i do want to say like i don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying these games obviously and i'm i'm not trying to make people who do like feel bad but i also it's not for me i'm not gonna like it and like even if something has a super throwback aesthetic, like, you know, like iron lung does. And even like, I've been checking out the, the, de- the developer, uh, chilla art who does those kind of like lo-fi Japanese, like first person horror games. Um, like those are really cool. And those have that PS one lo-fi aesthetic, but they just do not feel like a throwback at all. Like the underlying game design is super fresh And forward thinking. And so I think that like that's the stuff that I think is really interesting to me. And then you get like a slightly bigger budget version of that with something like Mundan or or like uh the Oberdin, you know, games that kind of like take that idea and explode it outward and and make something that's a little more like creative and and artful. So I think for me that's really where it's gonna be at with indie horror and i'm never gonna like confuse that stuff or lump that stuff in with a game that's just trying to be like strictly a throwback so i would love it i would love it if someone could make you know what's one game i do like that's like a a pretty big throwback and kind of mechanically gnarly is uh fuck what's that shit called uh that indonesian game oh dread out yeah dread out i do like dread out and i think with dread out it's that it is really streamlined and like they did really cut out a lot of the bullshit and then like they also just like don't care if the game is kind of stupid <laughs> like there's re- a yeah. there's really big like hanging your whole top half out the car window vibes with dread out where they're just like fuck it dog and like i like that yeah. a lot more than anything i played in these games
1: Yeah, I mean, they definitely approach things with a... There's a little more intent. Like, I feel like the problem with a lot of these games that we've talked about or referenced or whatever is that they're they're just trying to cobble together pieces of stuff from, like, a a past era instead of asking themselves where those pieces fit or if they fit, or how to maybe you know, do something creative to make them fit. If they like have to stay. Yeah. Like there's not a, they don't feel thoughtfully designed or like even lovingly designed. They literally just feel like made by people who are still obsessed with the Chucky movies or whatever. Right. That are just like, I want to make the horror game. I remember those. Yeah. She has a nail gun (laughs) because she's not a cop. Yeah. So nail gun. Because priests always just give you nail guns in the
0: basements of abandoned buildings. <laughs> Classic trope. We've all been there. Uh, yeah, and I feel like even something like Dreadout, I feel like is smarter just based on its core design. Because like, once again, let's, let's put on our, our time travel caps and go back to the early 2000s. Even playing those games at the time it was easy to see that some games were not going to age well mechanically and that was basically anything that had traditional combat and you could see that something like fail frame was going to age much much better that has come to pass so when you play dread out even though it's janky and not super well made they understand that it's like yeah this style of combat works better than picking up a pipe and bashing a dog's brains out or whatever mm-hmm. and like If this is the basic premise upon which you're basing your game, it is going to have a leg up over something like Tormented Souls where it's just like weird weapons that make no sense with weird combat that makes no sense and is really janky. So even that little piece of it is just smarter design. And and once again, I know a lot of people don't like Dreadout. I mean, that episode is rough because like James hated it and I loved it and we were just kind of going back and forth. So it's like, I totally get it. I get it. You don't like Dreadout? That's fine. I think it has smarter design and better execution than a game that is straight up just lifting mechanics from Resident Evil 2. I'm
1: not going to dispute you there.
0: Yeah, that's that's what it is, dude. Yeah, so... I guess this is a very long way to say I'm probably not going to cover any more of these games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess if a big one comes out, that's a big splash in the horror world I might, but these games generally aren't even that, you know? Like... They're just kind of like cult successes. I gotta say, when I'm just looking for a horror game,
1: like, I'm just browsing and I'm not going off of any recommendations or anything, I find a lot more stuff on Itch that looks interesting. Anytime I go on Steam, because I feel like a lot of the games that people, you know, ask to hear about or whatever are like these Steam games. Yeah, for sure. More so. And they... They all have the same like just like the wording and the description and like the tags and just like there's just always some like we are huge fans of old survival horror games. And I'm like, I apparently you're not a big enough fan because you don't understand what worked and what didn't. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Like, all those games have the same thing, or it's, like, the scariest thing in the world, or whatever. It's just a bunch of shitty buzzwords. Right. Someone expects me to pay $20 for it, and it's, like, just mid at best, or it's a complete nightmare. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And usually, browsing Itch for 20 minutes, I can find five games that I would rather play, that I can get for... Less than $20 for all five of them. Right. And like, I just don't. Like, I don't go to Steam to look for horror games anymore because it's so crowded with just buzzwordy, just garbage, -like, like, like Tormented Souls. Yeah. No, for sure. Where I watch the trailer and I'm like, it's. I don't. You can put as much blood or like sexually suggestive stuff or whatever into it that you want that doesn't seem very appealing to me yeah i'm not gonna give you top dollar for that especially not in a market where you can just go get resident evil 2 remake or 3 remake for 20 dollars yeah you know paying 20 for daymare on sale mind you because i think it's still 30 like full price is like why why would you do that?
0: Yeah, for sure. No, that you bring up a really good point. There's definitely a difference between like the kind of like Steam recommended uh, shit pit type vibe, which a lot of these games mm-hmm. have, versus like finding yeah. weird cool shit on itch. Like, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. That's such a good way to put it. I'm kind of blown away by how perfectly that captures it. But also, yeah, I think like the thing with like itch is that you do have to be open to a game being a shorter experience that is a little bit Mm -hmm. simpler and not you know exactly plugging you back into the like vintage horror vibes or whatever um but if you can accept that the games are much better and like i'm just gonna say it over and over the original games still exist and we finally like we live in a world where emulation of these games is very very good like you can you can play all these old survival horror games and they're much better than all these games. Like just please please go play those games again. <laughs> just like it's fine. They're still there. They're still great. We don't need to do this. We don't need to subject ourselves to this.
1: You really don't. <laughs> please ask, please ask to play, ask us to play like itch games instead. I don't know. <laughs> like playing Echo Stay Sister in the Halloween thing was like I was like oh, this is super cool this game is crazy vibe yeah, that game yeah, was yeah. radical and then this was you go on Steam and it's just like what if we gave a hentai lady a nail gun <laughs> and also removed her eye <laughs> What wouldn't that be just like an anime protest? Like, what will happen?
0: What will happen if I did yeah, that? Yeah,
1: it's like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I don't, I don't want to shame anyone too much, but how fucking dare you ask anyone <laughs> to play this game?
0: <laughs> now, Holy
1: shit, man! I
0: would say honestly, the top ask is that people want another indie horror rodeo episode, which is what you're describing. So mm, let's put that, okay. let's put that together and and do that, and never speak of this again. Okay. Case closed. (laughs) Dong dong.